The new smoking age across the country is 21. In order to save people from dying of smoking-related diseases, but more likely than not, this will solve absolutely nothing. It's both scary and in a twisted way funny looking at all the lobbyists and politicians patting themselves on the back for their great work, despite the fact that they probably just made things far worse for those quote-unquote kids they claim to protect. I mean, this goes up to the president who said in November of 2019, and I quote, we have to take care of our kids. Most importantly, so we're going to have an age limit of 21. These quote-unquote kids are adults. If they commit crimes, they're adults. When they file their taxes, they're adults. Legally, they're adults and can decide what's good for themselves by themselves, yet they're being treated like children. Now you have nicotine-addicted 19 and 20-year-olds that can no longer buy cigarettes legally. And guess what they're going to turn to? To dangerous black market products to get their fix. The United States was shocked when it found out by the end of 2019, 2,600 people were hospitalized, 55 people had died from vaping-related illnesses. But the headlines don't tell the whole story, a story that because of this ban is going to get so much worse. According to the Washington Post, the vast majority reported using illicit THC-containing pre-filled vape cartridges and bought them from informal sources. These black market vapes are cheap and not meant for smoking marijuana. When people smoke marijuana in them, the high temperatures release an oil, vitamin E acetate. When this oil enters the lungs, it builds up and causes life-threatening issues. To support this theory, the Washington Post, Knowles & Son cited an FDA study where they found THC in 70% of samples linked to patients. Black market vapes are notorious for using cheap vitamin E acetate to thicken the product and adjust THC levels. The main target for black market are individuals too poor to buy a name brand regulated vape and those too young to purchase them in stores. Some of the pods are also laced with substances against the buyer's knowledge. How will the government stop the black market? Well, apparently they decided to increase their consumer base because now they're going to have 18, 19, 20-year-olds looking to the potentially lethal black market for products. What was that about protecting our kids? Well, what a great job they're doing. They're going to get people killed. To these old, ignorant imbeciles who signed and petitioned for this law, the blood is on your hands. Looking back on America's long history of drugs and addiction, it's clear governmental bans have only made things worse. Before Prohibition, according to history's Dave Roos, organized crime didn't really exist in the United States. The overnight outlawing of every bottle of beer, glass of wine, and shot of booze in America, someone had to step in to fuel the substantial thirst of the Roaring Twenties, and nobody was better equipped than the mobsters. Organized crime as we know it may not have developed to the same degree we know it today, with turf wars, murder, and international trafficking being rooted deeply in the 1920s crime syndicates of Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, Vito Genovese, and Mad Dog Cole. After the 21st Amendment was passed, organized crime decreased, but you can't kill an idea. A new type of crime was born in America, and there's no getting rid of it. In the 1970s, with drug culture booming and concerns over the influence of drug use on youth, Nixon announced his war on drugs, a war that is ongoing to this day and has led to the escalation of what it tried to prevent. Virtually every modern problem can be traced back to this move. As the London School of Economics Experts Group on the Economics of Drug Policy points out, the war on drugs has led to or influenced mass incarceration in the U.S., highly repressive policies in Asia, vast corruption and political destabilization in Afghanistan and West Africa, immense violence in Latin America, an HIV epidemic in Russia, and an acute global shortage of pain medicine, systematic human rights abuses around the world, how is that for protecting the children? History proves that these types of bans have not worked, yet time and time again, we keep seeing them. Why do politicians keep passing them? It's because it sounds easy, it's simple, and it shows that they're truly doing something and care about the plights of American youth to retired 70-year-olds who know next to nothing about youth culture. 
They're looking for re-election. That's it. By playing on the heartstrings of ignorant Americans. It's inconsequential that they make things worse. All that matters is that it looks good on a campaign site. Well, maybe this is supposed to target the miners who maybe get their products from an older peer. Well, it won't. According to the Truth Initiative, 74% of underage jewel users got their vapes from a retailer. Social sources of those significant at 52% are not the main source of illegal vape use. Furthermore, the parents and many of the friends that are factored into the social source count will not be affected by this ban. These figures are just the jewel product, but considering its popularity among minors, this is definitely a significant study for analyzing how teens are getting these devices. Yes, you can punish the store that sells jewels to minors, but that punishment has to be greater than the net income they make from selling those products. Moreover, punishing qualified licensed retailers will only spur interest in a black market. Surprisingly, the amount of online transactions are quite low, with only 6% claiming their source was online. For the digital age, I thought that number would be at least in the 20s, but with the crackdowns by online retailers and provisions being put in place, I figure that number may be accurate. Without dystopian level monitoring, miners will always get their hands on vapes one way or another. There is an alarming amount of misleading information coming from the governmental level. For instance, the FDA includes any use of a tobacco product, even a single puff, into the statistics for current users. This means that the number of individuals using a tobacco product regularly is lower than the FDA stats. Just imagine if that was done with alcohol. During the summer, you see how many teens had a single sip of alcohol. Those new figures would be monstrous. Furthermore, vaping has been called a gateway to smoking cigarettes. This even includes the previously cited Truth Initiative. Sadly, this is based on FDA statistics, which simply ask whether they've used both cigarettes and vapes. Not which they did first, which suggests a confirmation bias and motive that should not be present in governmental statistics. At 18, you can sign up for the police force in Louisiana, the state with the most violent crime, and list in the hardest jobs of the military, including grueling training, dangerous combat missions, and the ever-present danger of death, changing these men and women's lives forever. Become a firefighter, running into burning buildings to save those trapped inside, and a prison warden in some of America's most dangerous prisons. Yet you can't take a smoke break. It's absolutely ridiculous. Of course it's okay because the government benefits from it. How silly of me to suggest that they'd hold themselves by the same standards they hold everyone else by. Younger employees don't demand as much salary and benefits from their employer, all of which run a great cost for the glorious government. Furthermore, especially when compared to their aging counterparts, their bodies are more agile and vigorous. It's moronic that the current policy allows 18-year-olds to choose to risk life and limb for their country when they can't drink a beer or smoke a cigarette. Stop creating the second class of adults. Older adults need to realize that their children aren't children anymore and can make their own decisions on their own whether they agree with that choice or not. In addition, these sweeping bans pass by. At best, ignorant politicians is just the rehashing of the same ineffective and outright dangerous legislation that has been passed in the past yet never works. As for those under the age of 18, they will always find a way, illegal or not, around these laws, and it's foolish to think elsewise. So perhaps the focus on education will prove more worthwhile than punishing them and destroying their futures for them. This is not to condone the illegal drug trade or underage abuse of substances, but rather to point out that people make their own choices in life, and the government is not the one to stop it. After all, to quote John Locke, who are we to tell anyone what they can or can't do?